Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets broke deception. For those joining me for the first time, I encourage you to listen to parts one through three of this series, in addition to any other series I've completed on the Aim Towards the Target podcast. I'm jumping right on in with the motivational aim, broke deception, and I want to share the definition of deception. I'm completely aware that many of you know the definition of deception, deceit, and being deceptive already, but I want to go over these words so that there is absolutely no confusion regarding what I'm saying. And I encourage you to read the passages of scripture that I will share with you. And I encourage you to go to God in prayer, asking him to reveal to you some areas you need to work on. Will there be some areas of deception that you need God to break in your life? Because we want Jesus to identify those areas within us so he can break them. And so we can benefit from the blessing of him breaking those things off of us. All right, because it's not a game out here. Satan is the master deceiver. And all he does is go around deceiving people. But there are some people who know what they're doing is absolutely wrong. And they know they are going towards or they're walking towards or they're walking in a lie. They know it, some people. And there are some people, they choose deception. They choose it. They choose to put deception on. They choose to wear deception. They choose to eat deception. They choose to dine with deception. They choose to sleep with deception. And sometimes people do that, the people who choose that, they're doing that because they want to evade responsibility. They want to evade, walk away from, close their eyes to accountability and obedience. They don't want to obey God. People who are choosing to walk in deception or they're just straight up wicked. Just straight up wicked, evil, malicious, just dirty. Okay? But deception, going back to that definition, deception can be defined as the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is indeed false or invalid. Deception, one more time, deception can be defined as the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is indeed false or invalid. Deception is the act of deceiving. So what is deceiving? The definition of deceiving is to cause, to accept as true or valid, what is false or invalid. Deception, deceit, deceiving are all defined in some way, shape, or form as the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid, what is indeed false or invalid. So you got it. You got it. You know it. Deception is a practice. It is a practice. It's the act of doing something deceptive over and over 
and over again. It's a habit. When someone is walking in deception, they're practicing deception, they want to deceive someone, they're operating in deceit, that person who is exhibiting deception, they have become, in a sense, proficient in what they're doing. And when someone is proficient in something that they're doing, they have to practice it. They have to practice to become proficient. Have you ever heard someone, or do you know, a habitual liar? A person who is a habitual liar. When a person is identified as a habitual liar, you know that person, all they do is lie. They repeat lies over and over again. They practice deception over and over again. Okay, now that we had that refresher course in deception, we know that Jesus breaks deception. Jesus has the power to break deception. And when Jesus breaks deception off of you, whether you are the deceiver or someone is deceiving you, there's a blessing when that's broken off of you. Let's go over it one more time just so it can resonate, sink in, and stick with you. What is deception? Let me give you some time. All right. Even though I can't hear you, I think you got it. That's right. Deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is indeed false or invalid. So keep that in the memory bank. As I go over this historical account in scripture, when Jesus broke deception. All right. I am reading Luke, the 19th chapter and the 11th through the 27th verse. And I'm reading the Christian Standard Bible version. And I encourage you all to read this passage of scripture on your own in its entirety. And this is the parable of the ten mina. And a mina was a coin that was worth about 100 days wages. Okay, so one coin was worth about 100 days wages. So keep that in mind. And when you hear the word mina, think about someone receiving a coin. And that coin is worth 100 days of work. No matter what salary that person was on, that coin was worth that. All right. Now I'm about to read the passage of scripture, and here it is. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear right away. Therefore, he said, a nobleman traveled to a far country to receive for himself authority to be king and then to return. He called ten of his servants He gave them ten minas and told them, Engage in business until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, We don't want this man to rule over us. At his return, having received the authority to be king, he summoned those servants he had given the money to so that he could find out how much they had made in business. 
The first came forward and said, Master, your mina has earned ten more minas. Well done, good servant, he told him. Because you have been faithful in a very small matter, have authority over ten towns. The second came and said, Master, your mina has made five minas. So he said to him, You will be over five towns. And another came and said, Master, here is your mina. I have kept it safe in a cloth. Because I was afraid of you since you're a harsh man, you collect what you don't deposit and you reap what you didn't sow. He told him, I will condemn you by what you have said, you evil servant. If you knew I was a harsh man collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow, why then didn't you put my money in the bank? And when I returned, I would have collected it with interest. So he said to those standing there, take the miner away from him and give it to the one who has ten miners. But they said to him, Master, he has ten miners. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. But bring here these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. Now, you just heard that. You just heard Luke, the 19th chapter in the 11th through the 27th verse. I read the Christian Standard Bible version. So let's go through this passage of scripture and see how Jesus broke deception. Jesus often used parables to teach people, and this parable of the ten minus carried so many lessons. But for the sake of this motivational aim, we will specifically target in on how Jesus broke deception. Okay? Jesus starts off sharing a story about a nobleman, a man of noble rank. This man was authorized to do things. He was qualified to do things. And he traveled to a far country to receive for himself authority to be king. The nobleman was going to the place God designed for him to be king. Now he left his region to travel to this country. But before he left, he called Ten of his servants, ten of his employees, and he gave them each a mina. The boss told each employee to engage in business until I come back. The boss gave each employee what he needed to carry on with his life personally and professionally until he returned. Okay, remember, a mina represents 100 days of wages. Okay, the boss leaves. The boss blessed each one of them. And I say that because the boss was going on a trip. The boss could have told them, yeah, I was promoted, so y'all go figure out what you need to figure out, figure out what you're going to go do, and y'all are fired. No, the boss did not do that. The boss looked out for each of his workers, and the boss was so generous that he looked out for the workers' families each of their family members, and he blessed each one of them with a gift so they could embrace their gift, safeguard their gift, 
to see what they would do to increase their gift so they could receive more. All 10 employees had an opportunity for promotion. All 10 employees were blessed because the boss, as I just mentioned, the boss was going on a trip. The boss could have shut the whole operation down, but the boss decided to give each employee a minor, 100 days wages, so they could stay afloat. But his employees, his 10 servants, his 10 workers, they hated him. And they sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want this man to rule over us. I want to pause real quick and encourage somebody to let you know that when the Lord promotes you, when the Lord blesses you, and you call yourself looking out for people, making sure they're taken care of, thinking about their family, thinking about their loved ones, thinking about, okay, I want to bless them because if I was in this situation, I wouldn't want to go through that, so let me go ahead and set them up. And you're doing all of that because the Lord put you in a position to move forward. Now you're promoted. Don't lose it. Don't stop doing what God told you to do. Just because you find out the very people you set up to bless, encourage, help out, they are the ones who hate you. They'll take the money. They'll take the gift. They'll take the wages. They'll take the opportunity. They will have their hand out won't say nothing to you, have a fake smile on their face. Once you put that money in their hand, they'll take it, all right? They will take it, and you leave and go do what you need to do, thinking you are straight, y'all are straight, y'all cool, everything's fine. You find out they're sending delegations behind you saying they hate you. Who does that person think they are? Who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? We don't want them to be our leader. We don't want them to rule over us. We don't want them to supervise us, manage us. No, we don't want that. We don't want them to teach us. We don't want to follow him. We don't want to follow her. And don't get confused. This happens in any capacity of life. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the job, on your career. No, this can happen in a household, in a friendship, in a relationship, anywhere. At a church, anywhere. When God promotes you, you cannot worry about at school. I'm talking about from pre-K All the way to graduate school, professional school, terminal degrees. It happens. When it happens and the Lord promotes you after you call yourself trying to put people on and bless them, you cannot worry about what people are saying and doing behind your back. You have to keep aiming towards your God-honoring targets moving forward. God has anointed you and appointed you to be a leader or a king or queen, so to speak, in some area of your life. 
or God has anointed you and appointed you to be a leader or well-respected in some future opportunity, your aim should be to always do what God told you to do in obedience and live the way he wants you to live. You do right by those in your company, in your camp, and in your tribe. And if they send a delegation after you, saying, oh, we don't want this girl ruling over us. We don't want this woman being our leader. We don't want to work under him. We don't want to follow those policies he is enforcing. We don't want to listen to that young person. What do they know? If that applies to you, you could be in a group project at school, a community function. Whatever it is, you have to keep doing what you need to do because their words won't stop and they cannot stop unless you let them, but their words don't have enough power to stop the position in place God has for you. Don't forget that. You see that in scripture, but that's not the point I want to make. That's why I said this passage has so many lessons a person can break down bind through the Holy Spirit to explain to somebody but I want to stick to the subject which is broke deception but I just want to say that so back to the noble man the noble man he gave his employees their wages for 100 days he leaves and then he comes back and he's now the king he calls a mandatory meeting telling each employee to provide proof of what they did when he was gone and what they did with the money he gave them. The boss wanted to know how much money they made in business. Now, one of his employees approaches the boss and says, Boss, the money you gave me, I embraced that. I safeguarded it. I put the gift you gave me to work. I earned 10 more minus. The boss tells the employee or that employee, well done, good servant. Because you were faithful in a very small matter, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in charge over 10 towns. Then another employee approaches the king and says, boss, your minor you gave me has made me five more minors. So the boss said to him, okay. You will be over five towns. And isn't that something? It's another sidebar. These individuals embrace their gifts and they put those gifts to work. And then the Lord blessed them beyond their imagination. They not only increased what their boss gave them, the boss blessed them to make more money by enlarging their territory. What they did with the few displayed what they could do and what they would do with many. And in their case, it was more businesses and opportunities. And that's what God does with us. He's watching us to see what we will do with the gifts he gives us. God is watching to see if we will embrace the gifts, if we will safeguard the gifts, if we will treasure the gifts, Will we increase the gifts, receive the gifts, and most importantly, will we multiply the gifts God gives us in faith or allow him to multiply those gifts? 
in faith. So back to the employees. The two employees out of the 10 who approached the boss lets them know, boss, you gave us this. We increased what you gave us. The boss promotes them. Then another employee approaches the king and says, Master, here is your mina. I have kept it safe in a cloth because I was afraid of you since you're a harsh man. You collect what you don't deposit and you reap what you didn't sow. Now you heard that. Now, we already know this employee was wrong. And we know this employee was a liar. So let's go back through the scripture and read what it said. And here it is. Luke the 19th chapter and the 12th through the 14th verse. A nobleman traveled to a far country to receive for himself authority to be king and then to return. He called 10 of his servants He gave them 10 minas and told them, engage in business until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want this man to rule over us. All right. Luke, the 19th chapter, the 12th to the 14th verse, this employee, one of these employees had the audacity to go up to his boss and say, boss. I was afraid of you. Here's your minor. I kept it in a cloth. I kept it safe. Because you're a harsh man. You collect what you don't deposit and you reap what you don't sow. Remember he said that after the boss gave him a hundred days worth of wages before he went on the trip. See, this is a lesson for everybody. And it applies to everyone. Don't follow the crowd because sometimes the crowd isn't following the crowd. And what I mean by this is we just read that the employees, the subjects hated the boss. They hated him. They hated the nobleman. And they said, We don't want this man ruling over us. Think about you're at work. Think about you're at school. People are talking about the professor. You're at work. People are talking about the boss, the manager, the supervisor. You're at church. People are talking about the pastor, the leaders. In the community, people are talking about the community organizers or whatever it may be. You're working in a group. People don't like the team leader. Just think about it. You have a person ruling over somebody. People are talking about the group leader. Whatever it is. They're talking about the... I can't stand the leader. Leader get on my nerve. Ugh. Can't stand him. I don't want her leading me. I don't want him leading me. Oh, if he just... Oh. I don't want them telling me what to do. I'm not going to do what they tell me to do. I don't care if they're the boss or not. Who do they think they are? They're not the boss of me. They're not my leader. And then look at this. Look at the age. Shoot. look That age trying to tell me what to do? Uh Uh-uh. They're not the boss of me? Uh Uh-uh. See, all of those remarks 
indicate that someone doesn't want to listen. Now, after reading this passage of Scripture and reviewing what the Scripture states, yeah, the servants, the subjects, the employees, they had a lot to say about how much they hated the king, how much they hated the leader, how much they hated their boss. But guess what? Some of them had enough sense to do their job. And that's what I mean when I say sometimes the crowd doesn't really follow the crowd. The crowd might be saying, oh, I can't stand. Oh, why did they do this? Why did they do that? But some people in that crowd, they're doing their work. (laughs) When the boss comes with, yeah, boss, here you go. I made some more money for you. Increase this, you know, yeah, boss. Even though they said they hate him. Yeah, here are the reports, did everything, I already contacted, X, Y, and Z. Here it is. But the people who thought, I thought you said you didn't like them. And if you didn't like them, why are you doing work? No, they're going to get their money. They have enough sense <laughs> to get their money. They have enough sense to see, hey, I might not like them. But I'm connected to them and I'm reaping some benefits. So I don't want this to stop. Yeah, I might chop it up with you and say that they get on my nerve and all of that. Mm-mm. We got some good benefits over here. This man just dropping a hundred days wages, going on trips, and I just go figure out what I need to do. I can work remotely. Ah <laughs> oh, no. I'm keeping this job. See? It's not a game out here. People are still doing that today. That is what some people do, whether you know it or not. And it starts as early as daycare before it's time to go to school. All the way to professional school. All the way to a career, a job, an event, volunteer work. Any place where people get together, this happens. It happens in families, in friendships, with people, period. It happens when somebody is a leader of something and they are leading people. There will always be a group of individuals. Let me not say always. Most of the time, there will be a group of individuals who talk trash about the person. They will hate the leader. They will hate the teacher. They will hate the experience that person carries. They will hate their own parents, some people. Some people hate their parents, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, their siblings. It just happens in family dynamics, friendship dynamics, relational dynamics. It just happens. And when people who are under that person can't stand them for whatever reason it is or for whatever season, and they don't want to follow rules, and I'm talking about they don't want to follow God-honoring rules that's going to help them. They just want to tear stuff up because they just don't want to do right. When people like that cause this confusion and they say all of this stuff, trying to get people to co-sign with them, where people are not listening, they're creating and causing division, all because they don't want to follow the rules and do the work. Now, they don't want to do it independently. They want to recruit people to not do what they need to do so they can have a team. 
And then there are some people who pick up the calls. And then there are some people who don't. Let me give you an example. Let me give you two examples. Say you have a teacher teaching students. The students don't want the teacher to rule over them. They can't stand the teacher giving them assignments and homework. The students converse with one another outside of class, saying the regular, oh, I can't stand her. Oh, she gets on my nerve, man. She talks too much. She thinks she's funny. She always teaching. She always telling people to do something, always asking for stuff. Oh, can't stand that teacher. Can't stand that professor. And then she get on my nerve because she always asking if we have any questions, concerns, or complaints. Always asking us to email her by a certain time because she doesn't want to receive emails past a certain deadline that she said. Oh, goodness, this lady just gets on my nerve. I can't stand her. I hate her. It's got to be somebody else we can take, okay? Let's say some students are saying that. Let's say there are 25 people in the class. All of them are complaining. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon chiming in, saying, yeah, she get on my nerves, she do too much, always teaching, always providing tutorials because we don't know nothing. She really trying to look out for us, but she doing too much. Okay. Do you know, and I know you do, but do you know within that group of 25 students, there are quite a few students actually going home to study, actually doing their homework? They're going to tutorials. They are passing the class. They all, the people who are serious out of the 25, they have A pluses. Then you have some who have Bs and Cs. But the majority of the class have A's. Now, the the people who have the A's, the Bs, the Cs, when they walk in class, and I'm talking about they are A plus students, but in front of the people who complain, They are saying the same stuff. Oh, here she goes. (laughs) Rolling their eyes like this teacher just get on their nerve. But they have an A. They have a full-on A. And then they're going behind these people's back who are talking bad about the professor, who are the leaders of it, the leaders of the division. They're going behind their back, emailing the professor, asking about any other extra credit opportunities. Letting the teacher know, I really enjoyed class today. They're doing their work. (laughs) They're just playing a game. They're not failing. The other people are. See, it's not until the course is ending when the people who sent out the delegation against the professor, where they get a revelation that, oh, everybody not failing? What? It's just, we the only three? Or I'm the only one that's failing. So all of y'all have A's and I don't. See, they got a revelation right there. The deception was broke right there. Another example. People are at work yelling, complaining about the boss. Oh, they can't stand the boss. Oh, if the boss just leave. So difficult to work with them. They get on my nerve. Oh, I hate them. Okay. There are 50 employees complaining. 50 employees are complaining amongst one another. But there are 49 who submit their work on time. 
They're sending gifts to the boss saying, Happy Boss's Day. Sending the boss happy birthday electronic gift cards. Sending gifts to the boss's house. Decorating the boss's office early in the morning when people don't even know who did it. Showing appreciation to the boss. Visiting the boss in the hospital. They're going on play dates with the boss and the boss's children. They're sending Christmas cards to the boss with money in them. They're doing all of that. They're submitting their work early and on time and even telling the boss who's talking about the boss as they leave themselves out. They're doing all of that. But they're right there in the mix saying they can't stand the boss. See, that's why I said the crowd isn't even following the crowd. Because the people who are saying that and they're really doing their work, guess what they're receiving? Opportunities for more money, bonuses, promotion, time off. And they get all of these achievements. Employee of the month, they get to park in places other people can't park. They get employee of the month and the other people. How you get that, girl? Because I know you don't do no. I don't know how I got it. Girl, I don't know. It's crazy. I guess I'm just going to use this opportunity to park here. But I don't know how I got employee of the month. She knows how she got employee of the month. He knows how he got employee of the month. He knows how he got it. Doing what employees are supposed to do. Don't be fooled. And even in those scenarios, Jesus broke the deception. The deception is not everybody's talking bad about the boss. Because if that person was really talking bad about the boss and jumping on the bandwagon of not doing what the boss told the employee to do, that person wouldn't have employee of the month. See, that's something my daddy told me a long time ago. You don't dumb yourself down for nobody. There's no point to jump and join the crowd. Don't do it. Because people will make it look like they're not doing something all while they're getting ahead because they want to pass you up. That's how it goes down in this world. So the aim is to not join in with the crowd because the crowd is not loyal to each other. The crowd is not loyal to each other. The crowd is looking out for self. There are only a few in the crowd who think the crowd is loyal, only to realize that they were deceived by deception the whole time. They thought they were deceiving people. They thought they were deceiving the boss and the employees because they want to tear the company up and they didn't want to be held accountable. And people are making it look like, man, I see what you're saying, man. He crazy, man. He tripping. He... She tripping, man. She is doing too much, man. Boss lady doing too much. Boss man just threw me for a loop, man. He get on my nerve. They're saying that, and they're going home doing their work. They're at Walmart. They're at the grocery store buying gifts for the boss. Yeah, that's what's going on. For the people in school, people talking about the teacher, talking about the professor, Man, she can't even talk from that different country, man. Accent real thick. Can't even understand what they saying, man. They need to go back to where they came from. Well, we can't understand you. We can't understand you. What you say? What? 
Man, people laughing at the teacher. But guess what? There's some students who are, they might not be as vocal. They make it look like they're joining in with the banter and the disrespect. You know what they're doing? Going to the professor's office. During hours, they know you're not there. Walking in, having one-on-one academic sessions with the professor about the homework, the classwork, and anything that relates to that class. Because they want the professor to see them. They want the teacher to see them because they want to pass. They don't care about you. Or they don't care about that deceiver or that person creating this uproar in the classroom. They're going to do what they need to do. You see this. Can you see it in the scripture now? So many... So many lessons. But deception is broke. The person who's pretending to be with the deceiver's antics. Deception is broke because they're passing. While the other person is failing. Alright, going back to the passage of scripture. With the evil servant who put his boss's money. The man had a hundred days salary. In a cloth. He put that in a cloth. What if he did that because he thought everybody was doing that? What if that person, just what if, put it in an old raggedy sock? What if he did that because he thought everybody was doing that? Because everybody hated the man. That's what they said. But the very ones who hated the boss walked up to the boss and received a promotion. That is why you don't follow the crowd. The crowd is a distraction. The crowd wants to get you off of what you need to do. And the crowd doesn't want you to receive the blessing of increase. Don't ever let people talk you out of a blessing and a gift. See, when I hear people talk like that, I automatically think it's a setup and I just get all the way away from them. I get all the way away from them. Because I I had to learn that the hard way. When I was younger, and it only took me one time to learn it because I was snatched up and tore up. And I'm talking about tore up for a week consistently on time like clockwork. Two times a day, got tore up. I learned that lesson. So the next time when something like that went down, it's like I received a reminder from my daddy because he was letting me know, hey, you want what you got? Uh-uh. No. No, sir. Mm-mm. And it's everywhere when people make it look like, oh, you know, they're talking about this and nobody's doing that. No. No. Run away from it. Yeah, I've received a revelation. I'm talking about a physical <laughs> revelation. But I see how people, if you don't exercise wisdom and discernment, you listen to the wrong people and listen to the wrong things and you'll be in a situation where you receive not only a verbal thrashing, but a lifelong thrashing with missed opportunities that you cause yourself to miss. Because there are some people who are liars, they are deceptive, and they make these announcements of who they can't stand. And they're the very ones who are buddy-buddy with them. 
And what I've noticed is when people yell that out just to yell it out and nobody's talking about it, they are the ones trying to convince someone to start talking about somebody or they're trying to derail that individual from doing what they need to do. So, nah, mm -mm. I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't play with that. Because I understand the (laughs) consequences. Because I got tore up, snatched up for that when I was young. And then I got snatched up because the Lord corrected me on some stuff before too. So I try to stay away from every whooping, you know, God is giving. I don't want to be a part of those at all. That's why I'm just so adamant about this here that I'm sharing with you. And another reason I'm so adamant about it is I'm a leader in several capacities in life. And I believe you are a leader in several capacities in your life. And speaking from my own experience, when I hear people or hear about people saying they can't stand me, they can't stand what I'm doing, they don't like what I'm doing, this, that, and the other, what they are doing from my vantage point, from a leader, and I'm doing something for them, they are displaying their character. And a leader doesn't have to do anything for somebody. They don't have to. They're obligated to carry out the task God gave them. But this extra stuff, they don't have to do anything extra if you think about it. This noble man, he didn't have to do anything extra for these employees. But he chose to. And it's amazing when a leader or a person of authority, it doesn't even have to be a job. It could be, you could be the leader in your friendship circles. People get upset about that. Leader in your household. People are upset about that. It's a problem. But this story in scripture shows how Jesus, Jesus can break deception He knows how to break deception when someone is in the very act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is indeed false or invalid. And jumping back to the scripture, if these individuals couldn't stand the boss, and if all of them didn't want the boss to rule over them, there's absolutely no reason for them to keep the job. They should not have accepted the money. They should have quit. That's what people do when they just can't stand somebody and they just can't stand this. The logical thing to do is to leave. No. Their deception was broke. The deception was revealed amongst the employees and with certain employees and the boss. Because if you don't want somebody to rule over you, why are you working for them? That's more control, right? What's going on? And back to this employee who told his boss, Boss, I kept that 100 days of salary in a cloth. See, that was disrespectful to tell someone who gave a person a task that, Oh, I put what you told me to do in a rag. I tucked it away, safe and sound, because I was afraid of you. You are so harsh. And you collect what you didn't deposit and you reap what you didn't sow. That employee was indeed wicked. That employee was a liar and very deceptive. The boss wasn't too harsh 
to provide his employees with 100 days of wages to use to increase their entrepreneurial efforts. And it wasn't a loan. It was a gift. It was not a loan. They didn't have to go through an application process to see if they were going to receive the money and was it worth the boss's time? No. The boss wasn't too harsh. The boss wasn't too harsh because the boss paid them in advance, knowing he would be on a trip. The boss wasn't harsh. He gave them all money up front, more than what they possibly imagined or expected. And then the boss didn't just collect what he didn't deposit. See, that statement was a lie when he said, you collect what you don't deposit. That was a lie. The boss deposited gifts in each employee and came to collect. The boss sowed a seed in each employee and came back to reap. See, the wicked employee was evil and a liar. And the deception was broke off of the evil servant's statements. See, the boss told him, I will condemn you by what you have said, you evil servant. And that's when he broke it down. He said, if you knew I was a harsh man, collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow, why then didn't you put my money in the bank? And when I returned, I would have collected it with interest. So he said to those standing there, take the miner away from him and give it to the one who has ten. Ten miners. But they said to him, Master, he has ten miners. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. But bring here these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. You see how Jesus can break deception with truth? Jesus also breaks deception with action too. By taking the lie and exposing the lie with truth. And then giving the deceiver the very thing they claim they wanted. See, they didn't want the boss to rule over them. The boss identified them as enemies. And the boss killed that individual's position and banished that individual from his presence. See, that is what deception does. Deception has the potential to kill a person's opportunities, their relationships, and their promotions. Deception can have somebody banished from what they were connected to or who they were connected with. But what a blessing it is when Jesus breaks the deception off of us. It is a blessing when Jesus breaks us away from the crowd or when Jesus breaks us away from these thoughts that want us to act on deception, act on hiding the truth. And it's all a setup for us not to receive and take advantage of what God has for us. There is a blessing when God breaks the deception off of your life. Because once he calls you out and breaks that stuff off of you, that is a blessing. That is a gift. 
And I'm pretty sure no one wants Jesus to banish them away from his presence. See, Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Jesus is Lord. We don't want him calling us evil. We don't want him calling us wicked or lazy. We don't want him calling us evil, wicked, and lazy because we chose to walk in rebellion, disobedience, and deception. No. Those are not the targets we are aiming towards. We are aiming to remain connected to the divine vine. So when God breaks those branches of deception off of you, God is doing that because he wants you to grow. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to receive all he has for you, and that's what you want. When God breaks deception from around you, that is a blessing. It can be deception within you, or deception could be what people were showing you, what they were telling you, what they were pressuring you with. When God grants you the revelation and he breaks deception off of you, you have a responsibility to take heed and you have a responsibility to show the Lord what you're doing with what he blessed you with. Okay? A scripture I would like to review with you is Luke the 19th chapter in the 26th verse through the 27th verse, and it states, I tell you, that to everyone who has, more will be given, and from the one who does not have, even what he does have, will be taken away. But bring here these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. And let that scripture that I just reviewed serve as a reminder to do what you need to do as God breaks the deception off of you. Whether it's the deception in your mind, the deception from Satan, or the deception from other people trying to distract you and derail you from what God commanded and called you to do. Deception is Satan's language. That's what he talks. That's how he lives. That's how he communicates. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. And when deception comes to you and comes around you, it's all a distraction to get you to look at things you have no business looking at, believing things you have no business believing, saying things you have no business saying, believing stuff you have no business believing in. Deception is a distraction, and it's set up so you won't increase in the gifts God gives you. So it's not a game. It's your life. Praise God, praise Jesus for breaking deception off of you and allow him to do it. Ask him to do it. And when he does it, walk in the liberating power of peace that he's granted you. All right. Remain encouraged. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit Dr. Kenitra Bryant. Dot com where you can download some Bible study resources or order some apparel. You also have the option to follow me on Instagram and aim towards the target. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.